The Lord be with you. When my wife Annalisa and I got married, we knew we wanted to have both children and a dog. But we figured having a dog at the same time as having an infant would be a bit too much, and so we came up with a plan for our lives. And the plan went like this. We'd have a couple kids, wait till they were like five or so, and then we'd get a dog. But as it happened, our attempts to have a child for a long time weren't successful. There was a painful miscarriage and no sign of a future child in sight. And so in the depths of the pandemic, we made a decision. We made a decision not to put our lives on hold waiting for something that might never come to pass. We decided we should just go ahead and get a dog. And so we did. We rescued a dog who's a German Shepherd McNabb mix. McNabb is kind of like a border collie. And we named her Eva, and we've got a picture of her right there. And then, of course, four months after we got Eva, Annalisa got pregnant. Yeah, that's, that's how it goes. We hear today about Abraham and Sarah. And Abraham and Sarah had a promise made to them by God that they would have children, they would have descendants more numerous than the stars. But by the time Abraham is in his 80s, it still hasn't happened yet. And so Sarah says to Abraham, you know, we can't just waste our life waiting on this promise that may never come to pass. We've got to take matters into our own hands. And so Sarah says to her husband, why don't you make a baby with my slave Hagar? And Abraham does. And Hagar gives birth to a boy named Ishmael. And for 13 years, Abraham raises Ishmael, his only child. His legacy, his hope for fulfilling God's promise in this boy born of a slave. And through years of caring for uh, Ishmael, for knowing Ishmael, Abraham comes to love Ishmael. And then when Abraham is 100 years old, when Sarah is 90 years old, God comes to Abraham and says, Hey, you know how I made that promise? That your wife would have a kid? Well, she's pregnant at long last. You know that saying? When you make plans, God laughs. Yeah. God takes that literally with Abraham. Because God says to Abraham, Hey, you know how it's so funny that I'm giving your wife a baby when she's 90 years old? You should call that baby Isaac, which literally means he laughs. The creator of the universe is using Abraham's life to tell jokes, yeah? And I have to say, Abraham, in this moment, right, he should be excited. This is what he and his wife have been waiting decades for, to have a baby born of Sarah, except there's one problem. Abraham already has a son. And God has said that one of his sons will be a son with whom God makes an everlasting covenant. And God is saying it's not going to be with Ishmael, whom Abraham knows and loves. It's going to be with Isaac, whom Abraham has never met. So how can he love him? But this covenant will only be with one of these children. And so the question comes, well, what's going to happen to Ishmael? 
And so instead of Abraham saying, oh God, I'm so excited, thank you, this is the best thing that's ever happened, Abraham says to God, oh, that Ishmael might live in your sight. God is saying to Abraham, or Abraham is saying to God, you know, God, can we actually skip your plan and stick with mine? Because I've worked really hard on this plan, and I've come to love what it's given me. And I really feel for Abraham in that moment. Because it's as excited as Annalisa and I were that she was pregnant once again, we had just gotten a puppy. And look, I love dogs. I was uh, an only child. Growing up, my dog was my best friend. And we'll, we'll get to that picture in just a second. We don't need to get there quite yet. <laughs> so we had spent months raising our dog, Eva, right? We had spent months taking her to puppy school. And, and that picture, that most recent picture you showed, right? We had invited in the midst of pandemic members of our congregation to come to our backyard and socialize with our dog that she might learn how to be around people. Yeah, that's, that's it there. There's Cindy. And of course, we'd had encounter after encounter that tested us as parents, right? We had to cut vacation short because our dog would bark throughout the night in the Airbnb that we had rented. We had instances where she got stung by a bee and her whole face swelled up and we had to rush her to the, the dog hospital and then she sliced her paw open and we had to rush her to the dog hospital. She got sprayed by skunk after skunk, like on clockwork. And I will say, in the midst of taking care of Eva, we really came to love her, to cherish her for who she is. But here's the thing, she's a big dog. She's got the size and strength of a German Shepherd, and she's got the intelligence and energy of a Border Collie, which is a powerful combination, and, <laughs> and honestly, a dangerous combination. There was a day when Annalisa was pregnant, when Eva was just wound up, excited, playing, having fun, and, and she jumped up and landed on Annalisa's belly. And in that moment, we had a hard conversation where we realized this dog, without meaning to, could do serious damage to our child. And so could we, in good conscience, keep this dog as we brought a child into our family? And I will say, it felt like we were being punished. We had hoped for this promise to come to pass from God that we would have a child, and when it didn't, instead of just waiting around, we had gone forward with our life. We had gotten a dog. We had made our own plans. And now, were those plans a waste? Was it all for naught, or even worse, was it now some sort of stumbling block, a blemish in the plan God had for us? It didn't seem fair. Every single one of us has a future for which we hope, a future which we await, which we entrust to God. And I don't just mean the big things about how we wait for Jesus' second coming to bring world priests to give us eternal life. I mean the simple things that define our existence in this world. We wait to find a spouse who will cherish us. Or we wait to find a career that will give us meaning. Or we wait to overcome chronic illness. Or perhaps maybe we just want to keep things the way they are because they're pretty good. 
But sometimes God's timing for those things isn't the timing that we want. And there's a lot of twists and turns in our journey to get where we hope to get going. And so the question comes, what happens in the midst of those twists and turns? What happens in those detours? Are they just wastes of time? Are they time and energy that's all for naught? Or even worse, are they sometimes stumbling blocks in the plan that God actually has prepared for us? And so what are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to just wait around and twiddle our thumbs and pass the time until God's promises finally come to pass? It can seem like maybe that's what Mary does in our gospel today. Last week, we heard Mary find out from an angel that she is pregnant, and not by her fiancé, Joseph. She's pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And it says today that Mary gets out of town fast. Literally, it says she left with haste. And as a reminder, to be pregnant by someone who wasn't your fiancé carried the death penalty. And so it makes sense that when Mary finds out she's pregnant, she leaves town with haste. And she goes to the other end of Israel, from Nazareth in the north to Judea in the south. She goes as far away as she can from anyone who might know that she shouldn't be pregnant the way she is. And she goes to the one person who might believe her. Her cousin Elizabeth, whom the angel said to Mary, would also be pregnant by the power of the Lord, pregnant at the end of life, like Sarah became. And maybe Mary thinks to herself, well, I'll just go spend nine months with Elizabeth. I'll wait for God's promise to pass and this child to be born, who is to be the Son of God, who will inherit the throne of David and who will keep me safe and solve all my problems. I just need to wait a little time for this all to work out. Yeah, maybe Mary goes to Elizabeth to pass the time. But God uses Elizabeth to pass blessings to Mary. You see, when God chose Mary to be the mother of Jesus, God didn't just choose one person to bring Jesus into this world. God chose a whole community of people. When God chose Mary, God also chose her fiancé, Joseph, whom we only hear about until Jesus turns 12. But in that time, Joseph is a man who will believe Mary when she says this child is from God. Joseph will willingly adopt a child whose father he doesn't know and be an earthly father to him. When Mary, when God chooses Mary, God is also choosing Zechariah, the husband of Elizabeth, whom we only ever hear about in Luke chapter 1. But Zechariah is a priest powerful enough to keep Mary safe during her pregnancy, and someone whom God will use to keep his mouth shut when this woman shows up unexpectedly pregnant at his doorstep. When God chooses Mary, God is also choosing Elizabeth, whom, once again, we won't hear about after this chapter in the Bible. But when Mary learns that she is pregnant by the Holy Spirit, she knows that the world will see her 
and her baby as a mark of shame, as a blemish in the community. And so God makes sure that there is Elizabeth in Mary's life. Because when Mary goes to Elizabeth, Mary just has to say hello. And in that moment, Elizabeth feels her own baby. John the Baptist leaped for joy in her womb. And before Mary can give an an explanation or a rationalization or a justification for how she came to be pregnant the way she is, Elizabeth says to this runaway pregnant teenage girl, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Elizabeth blesses Mary, affirms that God is with her, in her, and for her. Elizabeth blesses Mary by saying, What the world sees you as is a blemish, but God has declared you to be a blessing. And more than anything, in that moment, that is what Mary needs to bring Christ into the world. To trust that what God is doing in the turmoil of her life is to bring forth new life in Jesus Christ. That blessing is what each and every single one of us needs to bring forth Christ in our life in the way that God intends for us. Each one of us needs an Elizabeth, someone to whom we can run who will say to us, God is with you. God is in you. God is for you. The world may see you as a blemish, but God has declared you to be a blessing. Friends, that is why we have small groups. That is why we have Bible studies in this church, because you were not meant to bring forth Christ in your life by yourself. You need someone that you can run to with your fear and your doubts. You need a community of people who will greet you, who will leap for joy at the sight of you, who will say, blessed are you, for God is with you, God is in you, and God is for you. You need someone who can take you by the hand and pray for your struggles, who will hold you and on your forehead, mark you with the sign of the cross and tell you where you are claimed by Christ forever. And you need people to teach you how to do that for others. Because while we wait for the promises of God to come to pass, we are not here just to pass the time. We are here that through us, God might pass blessings to others and to us as well. And that is what I learned, and my wife learned, with our dog, Eva. Because here's the thing. When our baby was born, and she kept us all night up with her crying, we said, oh yeah, the dog's been doing that for months. We know how to handle that. (laughs) When we had to change our daughter's stinky diapers, we said, hey, this is better than the skunk. When Sophia had emergencies and we had to rush her to the hospital or call the paramedics, well, we'd done that before with our dog. When we had to come up with parenting strategies, we'd already had to agree upon how to do that when we took our dog to training. Eva, she blessed us by teaching us how to be parents, yes, but she blessed us even more by helping us trust that God was with us and in us and for us and making us a team to be the parent that Sophia needed. 
We weren't wasting time. We weren't passing time with Eva. God was passing blessings through Eva to us and to Sophia. When Annalisa was pregnant, we would take a baby doll and we would swaddle her. And then we'd, we'd have an app on our phone and we'd stick it in there with the baby. And the app would play noises of a baby crying. And we'd have the dog sit next to our feet and just learn to be chill while we held this little crying baby, and, and he did. And so, you know, when Sophia was born, when our daughter was born, Eva was really good. She didn't pay much mind to Sophia. But as Sophia got older, Sophia paid a lot of attention to Eva, yeah? It started off with uh, Sophia feeding Eva from her high chair, right? Any food we would give to Sophia, she would throw down to the dog. And the dogs start to get, hey, this kid's pretty cool. And they have become like sisters. And what I mean by that is they fight constantly. Yeah? Eva will steal Sophia's toys, and Sophia will pull Eva's tail. And there's endless crying that comes from it. But like sisters, as soon as they fight, they instantly make up because they love nothing more in this world than each other. Literally, when Sophia wakes up, the first thing she does is ask for a bottle of milk, and the second thing she does is say, puppy, puppy. And wherever we put her, she crawls over to find her dog and wraps her in that big hug, and Eva licks her face and loves her. Eva was not a stumbling block to God's plan. Maybe it was part of God's plan. Maybe it wasn't. But God doesn't waste any part of our life. No part of our life is passing time. God uses every part of our life to pass blessings. God says, Abraham says to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live in your sight. And God says, I'm going to make my covenant with Isaac, not with Ishmael. But I have heard you, and I will bless Ishmael. I will make him numerous and fruitful. I will make him a father of twelve princes, and I will make of him a great nation. God doesn't make his covenant with Ishmael, but he blesses Ishmael. He gives to Isaac and Ishmael different blessings, but to both he gives blessings to be blessings for this world. Now, the descendants of Isaac, they will go on to be the Jewish people. And the descendants of Ishmael, they will go on to be the Arab people. And right now, in the Holy Land, there are some Jewish folks and some Arab folks who are busy killing each other. And there are some people who want to tell you that's the way it always has been and always will be. But it's not what God has intended. For the children of Isaac and the children of Ishmael, they are all grandchildren of Abraham. God has blessed each one of them to be a blessing for this world. And if at this moment in history, some of them can only see each other as blemishes and stumbling blocks in the way of God's plan, then our calling as Christians is to remind them of the blessings they are to each other. The God, that God has made them blessings for this world. For God has not put us on this earth to just pass the time. We are here to pass God's blessings. And I don't know what promises you are waiting to come to pass. But I know this. God has not wasted any part of the life that God has given you. 
Those detours that you have taken, that you are taking still those wrong turns and dead ends and cul-de-sacs. God is not using them to simply pass the time. God is using them to pass blessings to you and through you. Every single one of you has an Elizabeth in this world, someone to whom God will call you so that they can bless you. And every single one of you, God has made to be an Elizabeth to someone else in this world, to be a blessing for someone else, to bless someone else. That person may be sitting in this church right now, or that person, you might run into them at line at the DMV, or they might be on the other side of the country like Elizabeth was for Mary. But God is using you to bless someone. And God will use someone to bless you. Even if you only know that person for a single day of your life. God doesn't waste any part of it, friends. As we wait for God's promises to come to pass, may we remember that we are called not to pass the time, but to pass the blessings. Amen.